I am intrigued what you're going to do, so I'm going to let you take the stage and go Thank for you. it. Out there. It's because I've been practicing it and does <laughs> make a difference. That <laughs> uh, that actually laugh. Everyone's making me look a bit stupid this year. I that. I'm sorry. You aren't stupid. I know I'm not. I'm, I feel a bit stupid this year. Thank you, Amy. We sort of become friends. I like that. Okay, so why did you decide to come on the show, Amy? Because since I was five, I've been watching this show, and I've always wanted to be on this show. Really? So, do you think you're going to win? I'd love to. Well, look, I'm not going to ask any more questions, because I'm feeling really, really stupid right now. So, good luck. Come on, She's really sweet.
it's like you transform. You're this cute nine-year-old, and then you're like, pow! Take that! And we really did. We were under your spell. I loved it, Amy. Well done. Thank you. It sounded so retro, so vintage, so otherworldly. It's like you were channeling goodness knows what. It was amazing. David, you sure you weren't minding? I'm sure. <laughs> no, I, I was just I was completely gobsmacked. It's extraordinary. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Were you expecting this reaction? No. You won't be. No, that's what makes you so special. Enough. No. So, bring on 
obviously you are very talented and you're a nice boy. I, I just thought nothing was very good. This boy is wildly entertaining. 18 years old, you hold the stage like you've been doing it for years and years and years. You're funny, you can juggle, you've got great rapport with people. I mean, what is not to like? This isn't my cup of tea, so to speak. But saying that, clearly you're great at what you do. And actually, it's for the audience to decide whether they like it or not. So, on behalf of the audience, I'm going to say yes. Yes! Yes! Simon? I'm going to say no.
I'll explain that. <laughs> what did he do? He moved the ring out of thin air into, uh, into his finger. He's in a different one, we've got to watch it.
absolutely excellent. I mean, faultless. So much. Bless him. Remember training this week, so that we played. That's lovely. Well, maybe a different country, but he's nice. Oh. Let's get the very buzzer. He's um. through to the, the final show, isn't he? Luckily. Deserved it, man. Jessica is the stage is yours very good luck 
<laughs> how the hell is she even doing that? I don't know how she's doing it. It's freaky, mate, but cool. Oh, <laughs> 
What the hell? Ah, oh, how's it going, man? I've heard that. Oh my god. That's for arts as well. from his head. Doing? I'm doing Omade. 
And what are you doing for us on stage today? Well, hopefully, I'm going to be funny. I'm Joey Howard, 69. You're not, are you? Yes, I am. Where are you from? Yorkshire. Barnsley. Bread and butter. <laughs> My name is Ben Nicholas. I'm 40 years old, and I'm a variety entertainer from Lancashire. I've been performing now for 20 years as a gigging comedian for the last 35 years. I've worked for all the clubs. I've done pantomime, cruises, holiday parks, cabarets, hotels, etc., etc. You know, anywhere where there's a crowd. There's nothing nicer than making people laugh. Putting smiles on people's faces is just the best job in the world. Good luck, Joey. Right. Have fun out there. Hello. Hello. Who are you? Well, I'm Joseph Jose Manuel Huardo. And is that what you were christened with? No, I'm from Yorkshire and Barnsley, really. <laughs> Sinatra worked, Judy Garland, Pavarotti, marvellous, isn't it? Ladies and gentlemen, this evening I'm going to perform for you from Japan the Japanese art of Ari. Arigami! Arigami! Come on, I know you're out there, I can hear you breathing. So, ladies Thank <laughs> you. 
Oh. What's next? How are you? I'm nervous. <laughs> is, the, is the answer there? Yeah. Get ready if you are. Yeah. <laughs> are you sure? You know what you think? What are you doing here? Yeah. Yeah. This is one of those moments. Yeah. 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 Are you waiting for me tonight? Yeah, yeah. we're waiting for you. Okay, right. Can we do it? Any more time. Thank you, lads. Whatever you want. Good luck.
you, man. You're a real talent. Thank you, sir. You're so quick. I don't know how you do it. It just worked perfectly. And it's an absolute pleasure and an honor to have you on the show, to be honest. It was brilliant. Well done. People take a long time to get to the joke and get to the point, and you made sure that it landed and it was fast paced and it kept us engaged and entertained and laughing the whole way. So it was a brilliant audition. Thank you, Yeah, well done. I didn't like the beginning of the audition, and then when you got to the second half, then I got it. And I thought, yeah, this is a really, really good audition. And you know what? I really felt your emotion and when you told us about the 20 years and what this means to you it was very sincere and I felt a real energy from the audience behind me that they were supporting you, liked you, wanted you to do well. So it was a really, really good audition. I will give this on a very easy yes. You deserve this. It's a yes from me. <laughs> Thank you.
Alicia. Oh, don't cry. You upset me, though. <laughs> I found that really moving, actually. I really did. I hung on to every single word that you sang. So poignant, so lovely. And we are in debt to you for your services. Yes, we are. And, um, yeah, it was very touching. So thank you so much. Yes, I mean, it was just the perfect marriage between the incredible things you've done for us all and this wonderful song. It was just an amazing moment. It's just wonderful that we could be part of it all, really, and that you get this moment, because it was tremendous. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you. We've gone for the last two years. It's like it's surreal, and then out of it comes moments like this. It gives us a chance to say thank you to all of you because it's people like yourselves who protected you know, all of us. We have good times ahead, I think. Well, you know what happens next, David? I'm saying yes. Alicia. I'm saying yes. Oh yes, obviously yes. And now you've got four years to Welcome to Grant Tuffery Stories. We're going to taste your whole stories today, so let's go. Right. Once upon a time, there was a doll that was so creepy, he almost looked like something out of a horror film, like never before. He wondered what he looked like. Well, here he is, the ugliest. My foul, creepiest, smelling dummy of all. He comes walking around the houses, banging on the doors. And one day, throughout the summer, his kids didn't know anything about the house. Well, my friends and because it was abandoned. That's it, of course. And then, one of them went, and then what I did. Oh, hello, my viewer. Right, as I was saying, is that... Is... That's what I put it in, anyway. And the man in the house. And the kids were walking through constantly. They can get in to that house. Oh, I'm a corner and that, like never before. 
one one first ones must have to give up but then what they did is they opened the door by a hammer by smashing it about like that's my eye and then what they did is they went to go get into the house abandoned the house instead of looking through it like never before and different buildings and that and then that stream is they were in such different rooms until they stumbled on a bedroom door that was completely locked. One of them knocked on over before. I tried to get in, it didn't happen. No one would work. I tried knocking so see if they come in. I could then try knocking, but nothing would happen. But then they went in by saying a magic spell called Kalamiku Kuladika and they could encounter that right over and over again constantly. Then all of a sudden the door mysteriously opened. I open it. And what was behind the door? The creepy abandoned old dummy. Puppet, and they didn't know what to do. They felt one of them felt area of it, which was Maury, and another one called David. And they went to as probably mentioned them earlier, but they were a bit nervous about the stomach, and the dummy was called Ghost Scott. Ghost Scott, his name was, and. Uh, they were obviously one more of a bit up by him, but David didn't. David decided to take the ghost of Scott, the doll puppet, back home. All the way to where they'd been on. And then Rory went at home, relaxing like never before. Thinking, well, well, I'm scared to see. I'm gonna be scared of that silly, creepy old puppet doll called Ghost Scott. Which obviously really the name on the label. And then there was always at his house, and he would out the chant on the doll, which brought him to life. Caught said, Makuraki Alamuskla. And if you read it, well, so if you read it forwards, but if you read it backwards, they'd say, Peace us some grantness. And what? And they would obviously put the puppets back to sleep. And not awaken. But. That's what David did. He didn't know what he said. He said, Uska Mikulaka. And then the puppets got him knowing it. Of course, Scott comes to life. At night, when David's sleeping. Very quietly and mischievously. Like never before.
and then I could be just moving it in different areas also that of thin air and David is like oh yeah I don't want to put this puppet because it's got either in the chair or on the bed or on the windowsill because he's going to put him in the three places throughout the three days he left him on the uh, wardrobe but uh, I was thrilled for him didn't expect it to happen and it did. And one particular night, Guy Scott tried to actually possess and harm David by trying to hurt him so badly. But trying to, strangle, trying to punch him on that like never before. Never before. But when David would grab a piece of service ground, last piece, Scott's ghost puppet fainted back to a active statue like, never, like nothing happened. And then what happened was David gave him one to a charity shop. So David and Marie lived happily ever after. Being my last story for you guys. Let's begin. This one's called The Never Ending Full Moon and Full Sun. And the story's about the Magic Flint story itself. If you're willing to listen, that is. Listen up close, we get closer to the moon. The moon. That's one day when one person called Grant Ghost said, and werewolf the max. A werewolf. So Grant the ghost was saying, what two um, passengers lived before? Because he got bored. So Come to my castle, come to the moon, you won't be scared of the moon, when it shines like a glow stick as you will see, my castle shall have a party like never before let's fly around in circles let's break free the turbans and divine cause I would like to break away from this curse somehow cause I'm so people as it goes forevermore. If people didn't pursue Grant's parcel with Grant, it'd be stuck like a ghost forever. And Max the werewolf 
Maximum, maximum again. Around wolf. Here's Harold with his son. So, this is part of him as well. This is what he said. Can people come to the sun down to the beach and break my curse? I've been a werewolf because I've been cursed by a mummy for me to eat. I don't know how to break free, so can you have a bit of fun with playing? Basketball and volleyball with me. Can you dance through the waves like never before? Can we be together again? Grant, my friend. And Grant, the guys could hear him cries from the other side of where he was, not too far away, and Grant replied, I would like to have more fun with you, Maximilian, if we could break this gas of you. Being a werewolf and me being a ghost somehow But we don't know how until we can get some people to help us With this daring challenge And then ten years later Just before it was almost too late there are a few people called Matt, uh, called Aaron and Marie. One day, I'll tell you this one day in the month of January, or the 10th, and Aaron as well, obviously. Now, Aaron, well, I said where Maximilian was. And Marie went where Grant Ghost was. And Grant the Ghost asked Marie, Can you break me from this curse if you can party in my castle and have some dancing, singing, and drinks and laughter? And we can be happy again if you can break. My ghostly form Cause I'm fed up of being a ghost And I wanna break free to be human again Cause I got cursed by an evil witch And Marie said Yes, I will help you all the way because we're missing Nursing more adventures And we need more friends So let's go and do it Right away And Alan said How you doing? 
is broken as well and Maximilian the werewolf said will you play basketball volleyball and swim the waves and dance of laughter and Aaron said well why not just to help you out just to help you out and then all of a sudden when all the fell from there all of a sudden quite was saying and the ghost said well I'm not a ghost anymore but I'm human just like you Marie I'm glad that cash is broken and we can collect my friend Maximilian the werewolf and so Marie and Matt I mean Grant and Marie walked all the way to the other side and Aaron and Maximilian and Aaron broke Maximus curse of been a wolf and Maximus was really happy. He was said this I am happy that the curse is broken for I'm very happy that the curse is broken from the mummy and I wanna break free and I never wanna be a werewolf anymore. So can we spend time with Marie and Grant now? And now three of them said, Grant, Marie, Alan said, Come on then, it's time to adventure, because it will be very boring otherwise. The happiness will be destroyed. And I went on down adventures. And one point, they killed the witch and killed the mummy that cursed them. With the help of the two new best friends, Marie and Aaron. And they offended all the way like never before, thinking, I'm glad, wow, this is over. I've got other friends to go on. Right, that's the end of my stories, and I hope you guys enjoyed. Bye for now and hope you enjoy the rest of your fun.
The most haunted team are in the Scottish borders, in the picturesque town of Jedburgh, investigating what was once a notorious jail. We begin with a lit walk around in the upper corridor, as Brian feels this could be a very active area. What phantoms will present themselves over the coming hours of the night? As soon as we walked up onto this, um, into this corridor, this landing, um, I am, I am feeling, I am feeling the spirit of, of a man. Now I don't have a name for you. Can you describe what he looks like? Well, yeah, I, I, a tall, tall man, very drawn in face, grey, grey but longish hair, over the collar type hair. Long, long coat. Walks through this, as I say, walks through this passageway here. Who is he? Josh. Joshua. Joshua. Something like that. Something like okay. Some tapping going on somewhere, isn't there? That's all my, sorry. Joshua. Yeah, but. Age about, I don't know, late 40s, 50s, early 50s. What does he do? Is he a prisoner here or something else? I don't think he is a prisoner. Whether he is a jailer, you know, someone who, who cared for the prisoners. He seems to be intent on a job, you know, something, a purpose. Did he die here in the prison or is it... Like... I don't, I probably... My thought is probably not, but because this is where he felt he belonged, he's actually come back to this to this prison okay. to resume his duties, to resume that. You know. And do you get uh, from his essence, from his presence, that he was a nice person or that he was a not particularly nice jailer? Well, in actual fact, I, 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 I get the... I certainly get the feeling that he was a nice, a nice person. Okay. Because you, know? you hear these horrid stories, don't nice. you, where the jailer is brutal Sadistic. and nasty. Yeah, I think, I think it's just because he had a job to do. He felt he very much belonged here. I don't think it's anything to do with the fact that he was an evil person or anything. You know, that's not why we're, we're, we're picking this up, I thought. And when was he here? What time period? This was, this was later. This was 1800s. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Can, I, can I get you to be a little bit more specific, even if it's just well, early? Sorry, or, sorry. Or, yeah, early, I mean 1830, something like that. Okay. okay. Right. Okay, 1830, yeah. She was committed here in 18... Oh! Margaret, Margaret, I'm sorry.
Where's that? That's the stall. It's Margaret. That's next. That was next. That was These there. two dead babies, you see. Oh. That God. thing's just flown across the room. The aggressive movement of the chair in the cell brings Carl, Stuart, and Leslie's vigil to an abrupt end. Invisible horror seems to seep from every inch of the brickwork to such a degree that Kath and I find ourselves transfixed with terror, unable to find our bearings within the darkness of the frightening building. Make a noise for us. Close one of the doors.
Do you want to go in there, Brian? Thank <laughs> you. 
beautiful dreams. <laughs> what a collection I'll have. Hurry now, hurry. It'll be light soon, and we've got to get our new little toy toms. collective we have a little bit of a fascination with the movie The Shining and what I mean by that our goal here at this channel one of our many goals is to seek out every location for the movie The Shining Stanley Kubrick's The Shining and visit them and capture them on camera which is what brings us to this building just like a lot of places here in Hollywood this place is seen it's fair share of movies being filmed here. For instance, 2009 Star Trek, there's a big fight scene, a big bar fight scene that took place in the bar inside this building. But we're here because in 1980, a movie came out called The Shining. Now, do you remember the gold room scene, Lloyd's Bar, where Jack Nicholson is sitting at the bar and he talks to Lloyd, the bartender? Well, after everything was done filming, they came here to do the pickup shots. Now just a heads up in preparation for this, Jessica and I both watched The Shining quite a few different times the past couple days to try to see if we can notice a difference between what they shot in England and what they shot here. We couldn't notice a difference at all. Now I guess you can chalk it up to how much of a perfectionist Stanley Kubrick actually was. As far as I know, we're the first people ever to go inside this building with a camera and try to document this. This place is usually pretty tight-lipped, pretty off-limits, but we reached out to them earlier and they were kind enough to let us in there to document it because, like I said, we're slightly obsessed with the movie The Shining. Eh, is what it is. Now, this place has undergone a lot of changes over the years, so because of that, I can't guarantee that we're going to be able to line up shot for shot, scene for scene. If anything, at least we'll be able to stand in Lloyd's Bar from The Shining. Well, the pickup shots. for our contact to meet us out here. Just look at the doors of this place. If I'm not mistaken, this building was completed in 1921. Catch the trees and the daffodils Catch the breeze and the winter chills In colors on the snowy linen rails Now I understand What you tried to say to me How you suffered for your sanity
Mm-hmm.